Good morning to every one of you. Are you happy in the Lord? Yeah, I see all of you smiling, you're well. That's the greatest uh, thing in the world, to be well in the Lord. This morning, uh, let's look to the Lord in prayer before we begin. The Bible says in Psalm 100, verse 4 to 5, it says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful and bless His name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures to all generations. Father, we give thanks to You with all our hearts. We enter Your gates with thanksgiving into Your courts with praise. Today, as we consider your word, I pray the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come upon us. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. You're most welcome in this place. Anoint my lips, anoint the hearers of your word, your people here. Bless every one of us as we consider your word. Encourage us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The title of my word, my message today is Power. In the words, in the words, in your words, power in your words. It's taken from Proverbs 18, verse 21. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, all of us want to be godly. That's why we're here. That's why we come to worship the Lord. We want to be conformed to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we make resolutions every day or every month or every year to change. So this morning, I'd like to talk about our speech, our words, our conversation. Jonathan Edwards, the great revivalist of the 19th century, he made some resolutions that had, had to do with his speech. So this is what he wrote. Resolved never to speak evil of anyone so that it shall tend to his dishonor. Resolved never to speak anything but the pure and simple truth. Let there be something of benevolence in all I speak. I think it's good resolution. It's good for us to hide it in our hearts, to remember to always speak well of everybody and to speak the pure and simple truth and also let there be something of benevolence whenever we speak. Of the many things we might want to change in our lives, why focus on the use of the tongue? After all, it's just words we're talking about. As the saying goes, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Have you heard of that? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Is it, is it really an area that deserves our time and attention? According to the, to the scriptures, there is far more power in our words than we realize. In fact, words can, can be much more destructive than sticks or stones or feasts or knives. 
Listen again to what Proverbs tells us. The tongue has the power of life and death. Firstly, your words have the power to destroy. The power of death, even. How could mere words kill anybody? I think some of you may have heard about Karen Carpenter. How many know Karen Carpenter? <laughs> Just a few, okay. <laughs> I think you know Pastor Karen Lau more than Pastor, <laughs> more than Karen Carpenter. Karen Carpenter, the popular singer of the 70s, she died in 1983 of a heart attack. Now, most people know that her death, that her heart attack, was due to anorexia, was caused by anorexia. Basically, she starved herself to death. But what started it all? According to a television movie, The Karen Carpenter Story, her obsession with weight began when a reviewer called her Richard's chubby sister. That little phrase was all it took to start her on a tragic journey of self-destruction. The author of that article certainly had no intention of causing her harm. Nevertheless, those few words had a profound effect on her life. Proverbs 12, 18 says, Reckless words pierce like a sword. Imagine. Your word can pierce like a sword. The Bible further goes on to say, words don't just bounce off. Instead, they pierce like a dagger. They go deep into the mind and into the heart. And they can do incredible damage. The tongue is a flame of fire. It is full of wickedness that can ruin your whole life. It can turn the entire course of your life into a blazing flame of destruction, for it is set on fire by hell itself. It's amazing that such a small part of the body can cause such damage. James likened it to a fire. A single match or cigarette thrown recklessly on the ground can kindle a forest fire that consumes millions of acres of forest trees. I think all of us remember in the last month to a month or two ago about the California fire consuming properties, even life. In the same way, one careless word one critical word can set off a chain of reactions that bring great trouble and sorrow, both to the speaker and to many others. Trent Lott, former majority leader of the US Senate, spoke at a birthday party for Strom Thurmond. And he made this statement. Listen carefully, he made this statement. 
I want to say this about my state. When Strom, Strom Thurmond ran for president, we voted for him. We are proud of it. And if the rest of the country had followed our lead, we wouldn't have had all these problems over all these years either. At first, no one took notice or anything of his comments. But then people remembered that when Strom Thurmond ran as president in 1948, he wanted to keep the races separate. And it appeared that he was expressing a fondness for segregation. Everyone denounced what he, he had just said. Now, Senator Lord <clears throat> denied being a segregationist. He was just honouring an old man, he said. But it made no difference. He apologised several times. His words had provoked such a strong reaction in many people that nothing would satisfy them short of Lord resigning. Resigning from the leadership of the US Senate. And so that was what he finally did. Now, Trent Lord was a respected member of the Senate. He had never, he was, he had never been accused of racism or any wrongdoing. And yet, after 30 years of public service, he was forced to abandon one of the most powerful offices in the nation, all because of three simple sentences. A, brief, a few brief words, but those few words were enough to destroy his career. So given the fact that our words have potential for evil, we might conclude that it's better to say nothing at all and there are times when that's the wisest course of action, especially when you are angry or frustrated. Better to wait until we cool down, after we have, been, we have some time to think and pray and perhaps repent of our ungodly attitude. As the saying goes, if you speak when you are angry, you will give the best speech you will ever regret. <laughs> if you speak when you are angry, you will give the very best speech you will ever regret. Anger can cause se severe damage, and damage to relationships and to reputations. So be careful, my family, be careful. If you are angry, count to 10 before you speak. Or better, take 10 minutes and pray about the situation, walk away, come back later when you have regained control of your tongue. You'll be glad you did. The Bible says, when words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. About being silent, let me tell you a story. A guy joins this Trappist monastery and he takes a vow of silence. For three years, he's not permitted to speak except at the end of the year when he can say 
two words. At the end of the first year, he says, bait hard. At the end of the second year, he says, food cold. At the end of the third year, he's had it. He comes in and says, I quit. And the head Catholic monk says, that doesn't surprise me. All you have done is complain since you've got here. So we have to be particularly careful about what we, we say during times of adversity or hardship. When things aren't going our way, admittedly, when times get tough, our human nature, human nature tends to want to complain, to talk about the problem, to tell everybody who will listen about how badly life is treating us. But such conversations are self-defeating. Too often we make the mistake of adopt, adopting negative attitudes and complaining. We sometimes say things like, I knew my marriage wasn't going to make it, wasn't going to work out. I guess I'll just have to bear or put up with this sickness problem for the rest of my life. You get what you say. Be careful. Our words become self-fulfilling prophecies. Remember in Genesis 27, especially verse 46, Rebecca said a curse. In fact, he was, she was so unhappy about the daughters of Esau. So this is what she, she said, I am tired of living. She never saw Jacob again and divided the family for over 20 years. And before the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew 27, 25, the Jews cried out, let his, let his blood be on us and on our children. History shows us that this came to pass. Within one generation, Rome destroyed Jerusalem and either killed or sold into slavery the entire population. For more than 20 centuries now, a dark, strand, a dark strand of bloodshed and tragedy has been interwoven in the, in the destiny of the Jewish nation. Men such as Barabbas had come against the Jews in judgment. The tongue has the power to do harm. But secondly, the tongue has great power great power to do good. That's what we want to emphasize this morning. Your words, your words have great power to do good. Let not any unwholesome talk. Ephesians 4, 9, 29 says, let not any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. So we always think of others before we speak. Our words must always build somebody up. It's not enough just to abstain from unwholesome talk. Things like, talks like complaining and 
critical attacks. We are also called to use our tongue to build one another up according to their needs. So in other words, we can't remain silent. We have, to, we have an obligation to consider one another's needs. Needs for encouragement, needs for appreciation, and then to give it to think about how we can serve people with our speech and bless them with our words. And yet, how seldom do we do it? How seldom do we make effort to do that? Winston Churchill was a great statesman. During World War II, this is what he said, never give in. Never, never, never. What did those words do for the nation, for the British people? It encourages and have given the British people hope during their war with the Germans. Martin Luther King is another one. Now Martin Luther King Jr. said, I have a dream. And those words have inspired and given the American people courage to act upon their dreams. So your words have great power to do good. So speak a blessing. Speak a blessing. Proverbs 3.27 says, Do not withhold good from those who deserve it. When it is in your power to act, the tongue, is the, the tongue of the wise brings healing. When a blessing... When a blessing, when, you know, what a blessing, what a blessing a kind word can be. It is food to a starving man, like a drink of water to a thirsty person. When we are discouraged, a friend comes alongside us to say, don't give up. You can do it. I believe in you. You know, once I was also discouraged in my life, in my ministry, but a good friend came and said, don't give up. In fact, I wanted to give up. He said, don't give up. You can do it. I believe in you. So besides God telling me that he believed in me, a very tangible voice from a good friend and trusted friend built me up and gave me hope to carry on. Or when you are doubting ourselves, feeling worthless, and someone gives a word of praise or encouragement or appreciation, or, what, or what you're, when you are struggling or, and confused and someone gently reminds us that God loves us and that He will bring us through the trial by His grace and His power. For friends, we can be that person. One day when one of our associate cell leaders Helen Lum, she was hospitalized because she has a heart attack. So I visited her, visited her several times. Every time I go to her, I say, Helen, don't give up. God is with you. He will pull you through. So progressively, she made improvement. 
She was in the CCU for more than two weeks. And now, because of the prayer of God's people, she is now in the normal ward and recuperating. Come on, give him praise. <laughs> encouragement. We need all the encouragement in the world. Every one of us, whether we are pastors or we are leaders of the church or just members of the church like you, we need encouragement. As parents, we can profoundly influence the direction of our children's lives by the words we say to them. If you want your son or your daughter to be productive and successful, you need to begin declaring words of life over your children rather than words, rather than predictions of doom and despair. Our words have the same kind of power that Isaac's words had. In Genesis 27, verse 33, Isaac blessed Jacob, saying these words, May you always have an abundance of grain and an abundance of wine. May nations bow before you and people always serve you. May you be the Lord May, may you be the Lord over your brothers. May anyone that curses you be cursed, and anyone who blesses you be blessed. Powerful words. Isaac declared great blessings, great things concerning Jacob's future. And a study of history will show that those things came to pass. So encourage your children. You have words. Your words have great power. So speak to your mountain. Speak to your mountain. I tell you the truth. Mark 11, 23 says, If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Maybe your mountain is a sickness. One day, there we, when there was an altar call, I, I prayed for one lady, a sister. She had a, a lump on her neck. So I prayed for her. I said, Lord, you said in your words, speak to this mountain, be thrown out into the sea, and she shall be healed. A few weeks later, I mean, in fact, when she went home, she, the swelling, the growth disappeared. Later, a few weeks later, come on, give me praise. <laughs> a few weeks later, the, the sister met me. She said, hey, pastor, I, I forgot to tell you. When you prayed for me the same day, the swelling, the growth just disappeared. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so maybe your mountain is a troubled relationship, a floundering business. Whatever your mountain is, you must more than think about it. You must more than pray about it. You must speak against that obstacle. Start calling yourself. Every day, start calling yourself healed. Start calling yourself strong. Start calling yourself whole and blessed. Stop talking to, 
God about how big your mountains are, but start talking to your mountains about how big our God is. Amen. Our God is big. Very, very big. In 1 Samuel 17, verse 50, 45, when Moses, I'm sorry, when David faced the giant Goliath, with great determination, he said, you come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel. Those are words of faith. He spoke the words aloud. I encourage my leaders, my members in PJ1 especially, I say when you read the Word of God, don't read it silently. Read it aloud. Because that will create a lot of power in the Word of God to do mighty exploits in your situation. He spoke the words aloud. He spoke directly to the mountain of a man in front of him and said, Today, the Lord will hand you over to me and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And with God's help, he did exactly that. So those are kinds of words you must learn to speak in your everyday situation and circumstances, especially in your times of crisis and adversity. When you are facing obstacles in your path, you must boldly say, greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. No weapon found, formed against me shall prosper. Isaiah 54, 17. And 2 Corinthians 2, 14 says, God always causes us to triumph. Stop worrying and complaining about the obstacle and start speaking to it. Family of God here, there is a miracle in your mouth. If you want to change your world, start by changing your words. When times get tough, don't give in to murmuring or complaining. Speak to those problems. If you learn how to speak the right words and keep the right attitude, God will turn that situation around. Amen. Thirdly, speak God's word boldly. Whatever you ask in prayer, believe. Imagine, this is a, a blank check, you know, that Jesus has given us. He said, whatever you pray, you ask in prayer, believe that you have it and it is yours. Powerful. Maybe you are facing a hopeless situation today. Don't give up. God is a miracle-working God. Joseph, don't give up. Press in. Believe God for the miracle. He knows what you're going through. He knows. And He will, 
He will not let you down. He will not let you down. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. We can speak God's word in our everyday lives. Psalm 91, parents, it says, Parents, you ought to speak God's word over your children every day before they go to school, before they go to college or university, or before they go to work. Speak God's word to them. Say, just say, Father, you promised me in Psalm 91 that you will give your angels charge over us and that no evil would come near our household. So I thank you that my children are supernaturally protected and you are guiding them and watching after them. Father, you said that you are the, you are the head, we are the head and not the tail, and you will surround us with favour. So I thank you that my children are blessed and that you will, they will excel in whatever they put their hands to do. Speaking God's word over our children can make an enormous difference in their lives. When you believe God's word and begin to speak it in faith, you are co confirming that truth and making it valid in their own life. If you're facing sickness today, say, Father, I thank you that you promised me in Psalm 30, verse 2. Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. If you're struggling financially, boldly declare in Deuteronomy 28:8, the Lord will bless your barns and everything you do. If you're if you need wisdom, Proverbs 2, 6 says, For the Lord grants wisdom. From His mouth come knowledge and understanding. So family of God here, when you make those kinds of bold declarations, all heaven, all heaven comes to attention to back up God's words. You have the responsibility to bless your children. Most children get their concepts of who God is and what He is like from their fathers. So if, if their father is mean, is critical and harsh, inevitably the children will grow up with, grow up with a distorted view of God. If the father is loving, considerate, and kind, the child will better understand God's character. One of the reasons I talk so much about the goodness of God is because I saw it modelled by my dad. I have a loving dad who was kind, sacrificial, encouraging. He he sacrificed to give me a good education. When I came in as staff in GT in 1995, he was supportive. He didn't say, what a waste, <laughs> like what Pastor Winston shared last week. I'm so glad he didn't say, what a waste. 
Because at that time, things were doing well, actually, for me. But it wasn't a waste. It was a blessing. It was a blessing. No regret whatsoever. <laughs> no regret. God is good. He's good all the time. One time, he was very sick. He had a heart problem. He's diabetic. And he, had, he hurt his leg. And he told me to, when I was in service, in, in ministry, he told me to visit only when I can. He didn't say, why didn't you come? <laughs> he said, you know, I pray for him. And then he said, don't worry. He said, you do, do your work. I'm okay. I can take care of myself. He later accepted the Lord. And he got baptized in glad tidings in Jalangasing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. A father who loved me, who modeled what fatherhood is all about. So as fathers here, model to your children, model to your family what the heavenly father is. Because you are the only one. You are the only model that they can see, the only model that they can hear, and the only actions that you can take for them. A blessing is not a blessing until it is spoken. Your children need to hear your words such as, I love you. I believe in you. I think you are great. I am proud of you. When was the first time you told, when was the last time you told your children that? If they are away from you today, call them and say, hey, I'm proud of you. I'm very proud of you. I think you are great. I tell you, those words will lift them up sky high. <laughs> they need to hear your approval. They need to feel your love. They need your blessing. As husbands and wives, we can set the direction for our entire family. Husband, your words have tremendous power in your wife's life. Bless her with your words. If you want to see God do wonders in your marriage, start praising your spouse. Start complimenting her. Whenever she wears a new dress, don't keep silent. Say, very nice. <laughs> I tell you, it will boost her confidence, Lord, <laughs> and make her, make her day, <laughs> really make her day. I can, I mean, give her a good word. Mark Twain says, I can live on a good compliment for six months. Imagine, six months. As a business owner or a manager, you can set the direction of your employees and subordinates. Tell them, hey, you did well. You are special staff here. Appreciate you. So with our words, we have the ability to mold and change the future of anyone whom we have influence. So all of us have influence over somebody. If you are a leader here, you have a sphere of influence over people who look up to you. So it is vital that we speak 
good things into their lives. Fourthly, words can't be taken back. Genesis 27, 33, this is what Isaac said. Isaac said, I ate it, ate the food. He ate the food that Jacob prepared. I ate it and gave Jacob, actually by default, I gave it to Jacob, gave him a blessing that cannot be taken back. Later, we know that Esau came in, bringing his prepared meal. Only then, Isaac realized his mistake. He realized that he had been duped. Isaac's answer was insightful and powerful. He said, no, the words have already gone forth and I cannot take them back. I said that Jacob will be blessed and he will be blessed always. Later, he gave Esau a lesser blessing, but it was, never, it was not nearly as significant as the one he gave to Jacob. So we need to be extremely careful about what we allow to come out of our mouth. The next time you are tempted to talk down to somebody, to belittle your child or degrade him, remember, remember you cannot get those words, words back again. Once you speak them, they take on a life of their own. Use your words to speak blessings over people. Stop criticizing your children and start declaring great things in store for their future. So let's declare God's goodness this morning together. Uh, together. Together with me. Read this. Declare it as a prayer to God. One, two, three. I am blessed with creativity, with courage, with ability and with abundance. I am blessed with a strong will and with strong self-control and self-discipline. I am blessed with a great family, with good friends, with good health, and with faith, favor, and fulfillment. Any curse that has ever been spoken over me, any negative evil word that has come against me is broken right now. Everything I put my hands to, to do is going to prosper and succeed. I am blessed indeed. Come on, give Jesus praise. There is another reason for us to be careful how we speak. Words are a window into the soul. Therefore, I recommend, I urge every one of us to give our heart to Jesus again. Give your heart to Jesus. Matthew 12, 34 says, For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's because of what is inside here that you speak. So what Jesus is saying is that whatever is filling your heart is going to come out of our mouths. Whether it's good, or evil, if your heart is bitter or angry, it will produce bitter, angry speech. If you're guilty of callous words, we must simply confess our sin. 
So how do we go about changing in this area? That God will change, give us a new heart. How do we become like Christ in our speech, in the use of our tongue? It's the work of God. It's the work of God, the work of the Holy Spirit. Ask God to let you hear yourself. Set a goal to say one encouraging thing to someone today, every day. Practice both putting off, putting on. Replace the bad with the, with the good. Honour and glorify God with your words. So let your words have, be careful about your words. Your words have the power to destroy. Your words have great power to do good. So speak a blessing. Speak through your mountain. Speak God's word boldly. Words cannot be taken back. Declare God's goodness. Give God your heart. Let's pray.